0: Hello, and welcome more than
1: Hentai.
0: podcast that is here to show that. Anime is far more than just tentacles and catgirls. There's also countless stories of love, loss, laughs, hope, horror, and happiness that are just dying to be found. And I, Brendan White, the Salt and Pepper Senpai, I'm here to help you find them. More Than Hentai is proudly powered by Audio Technica and Dashwater. Go upgrade your audio and hydration games today and joining me on this very special episode is one of my bestest buds in the entire world he's also a returning guest that was last heard on the second episode of more than hentai talking all things call the night you can find him on them socials at ben mcj which is b-e-n-m-c-j benny you handsome old devil welcome back to the riverside
1: studio how might you be doing uh Buddy, thank you so much for that wonderful intro. It's good to hear your voice and good to see your face, mate. It's it's always a pleasure jumping on the the podcast mics with you. And, uh, mate, I, I'm doing fantastic and you, you're looking great. Mate, it's it's we try. You know,
0: I heard that there was going to be someone very important on the other side of these webcams. So I thought I'd better have a shower and look a little refreshed and get that energy at a high level. We're recording here on uh, yeah, Sunday, the 21st of January of 2024. So... Uh... Yeah, the yeah, sunshine and the birds are singing year, and life is cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bring it in. <laughs> new year, new hentai.
1: Same old good times mm. though. It's been a pretty exciting new anime season too. Like coming into this new winter, January season for anime, it's been really, really cool. I've been jumping on the Crunchyroll and checking out all the previews on uh all the websites and stuff like that leading up you know, last couple of weeks. And this this season just feels really, really good. We are eating very well as anime fans. They are serving up so many
0: tasty treats at the moment. And apart from maybe one of the sort of first episode or or now transitioning into second or third episodes, now we're Mm -hmm. moving through January, they've all been pretty good. I've been enjoying everything. I haven't sort of put anything down yet. I've been pushing Mm. through and and riding that usual three-episode cycle to see if it's going to be a... A keep or a drop but for now i'm very happy very content and sunday yeah. we get uh, a lot of great drops like we had a new episode of mash today we had a new episode of solo leveling and a ton of other good stuff that's um yeah, i've got to watch yeah, my Crunchy's third episode deliberate.
1: of solo yet so i'm looking forward to watching that later this afternoon or this evening um but yeah man it's it's been just a really banger season and i finally the one i've been waiting for brave uh, bang brave braven or Brave Brain Bravan or whatever it's called, finally is out even though it's supposed to have been out like three weeks ago. So I'm keen to check that out. I want to see some good mecha action. And uh, that Metallic Rouge I thought has been really, really good as well. So it's just, yeah, really good. Good eating this this season. Yeah, we are
0: we are grinning and winners mm. are grinners. So, uh, yeah, shout out to all those fantastic studios delivering the goods this season so far. And, uh, yeah, it's setting the tone for a big 2024 mm. because there's – yeah many other biggins on the way but uh Ooh, yeah we don't really need ever? to go <laughs> yeah oh, yeah kaiju number eight i'm assuming is what you're alluding to uh, yeah, i know that's yeah. on
1: your uh on your your demands of list oh definitely definitely i'm very keen for that i've read the whole manga i'm all up to date you know, they're doing the side side story and the manga and everything at the moment and i'm uh, reading that it. it's really 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 fun i've oh, man i've been reading so much manga lately too man i've it's been my new nightly tradition is just to sit down and read a couple of chapters of a manga. And it's been probably one of the best things I think like I've best way I can describe it is I've, I watched the first season of Jujutsu Kaisen, and mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. never clicked with me. I really enjoyed the film with Yuta and Rika and everything like that. Really, really great. But then I tried to watch season two and I just, again, still couldn't click. I don't know what it is about the series, but it's just not gelling right for me. It's not, it's all these things I love. It's a beautiful shown it's beautifully animated. The cast is great, everything there, but it, I'm just not forming that attachment. So I've gone back and I've, I've read the manga now for that. And I'm actually all the way up to pretty much halfway through the Shibuya arc now too. So yeah, nearly up to a, a chapter hundred, I think or so on that one okay, too. So okay. yeah, get, getting, getting in there pretty deep now. Um, and enjoying it much 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 more uh so i think i'm ready to now go back and try again with season two and rewatch that and try and enjoy the story a little bit better now that i've i've absorbed the characters via the manga previously so i'm really looking forward to kaiju number eight as well because the manga is very very quick paced as well so i'm hoping that um it'll have that same sort of effect and atmosphere that uh jujitsu kaisen does but we've a little bit more of the um, the awesome monster battles and everything else that goes on in it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm excited for Kaiju Number Eight for sure, and Jujutsu Kaisen season two. It's my favorite anime of 2023, and I hope now that you're more immersed and across, well, not familiar or across, but like the fact that the manga has sort of sunk its hooks into you. I hope that's going to translate to to watching it on screen because man, it is. It is a special, special series and that season, oh my goodness, the, the hits just mm. keep coming. You feel you you get to the top of the mountain as far as emotional discourse and pain goes and then they're like, surprise, here's another uppercut. So you, are, yeah. you sort of leave watching it and I assume reading, I haven't read any of the manga, I assume you're just feeling very battered and bruised constantly because no one is safe in Jujutsu Kaisen and that's what mm. I love about that world and the writing and the pacing because a lot of these shonen, for the most part, that cast of characters, that core group, you feel like they're they're unkillable for the most part. You know, yeah. they're, they're going to face some hardship and adversity, but they'll pull through and all. There's be always good. that little
1: bit of plot armor. Like if we use My Hero Academia as a good example, is Deku has that plot armor because at the very start of the series, is like, "This is the story of how I became the world's number one hero." So we know he's got plot armor. He's going to be at the end of this end of the series. He's going to be the rated as the world's number one hero. Yeah. Where we're JJK, no JJK, way, no how. You don't know what's, don't, happening, don't know what's page happening page to page, yet. panel to panel, scene to scene. <laughs> but Hey, the, the writer has now come out and said that, you know, he's, he's got his ending in mind. He's ready to wrap it all up. So I think it's probably going to be like another 40 or so chapters to go and it'll be all finished. And it'll be, yeah. So I'm keen to get up to date and read all of that. And, yeah, then I can just sit back and enjoy the anime. <laughs> Hell yeah. It is so good, listeners. I've
0: harped on it the last couple of episodes, I think, of MTH yet. You, mm. You've got to be peeking Jujutsu Kaisen, especially that yep. second season. Some of the fight scenes and the way it's animated is some of the prettiest slash most repulsive things I've ever seen in all the right mm-hmm. ways. And it's just so goddamn cool. And yeah, I feel this anime we're going to start talking about shortly has some coolness to it as well. It has some fun to it. This is a lot more (laughs) lighthearted. Yeah, yeah. The tone is is very, very different. Don't get me wrong. But uh, yeah, if this is your first dance here on More Than Hentai, the way this podcast works is I bring on a new guest, co-host, friend, enemy, anything else in between. Anyone's just interested in trying to tackle some new anime and I find something that I hope will fit into their wheelhouse based off what I know of the person, their viewing habits and things we then watch the first episode front to back the first episode then can get unpacked full spoiler so we are going to be going through plot points of episode 1 anything beyond that we're not going to cover so we're not going to ruin any major twists and turns and and big discoveries that happen throughout the season we're only going to be focusing on the first episode of that and we're going to yeah talk good bad everything else in between see if we landed on a, on an anime that uh, gets that thumbs up or thumbs down from my co-hosts and the title in focus for this episode is Shangri-La Frontier which is a 2017 action fantasy web novel series originally written by Katharina. A manga adaptation illustrated by Reisuke Fuji has been serialized in weekly Shonen Magazine since July of 2020 and even was recently seen taken home a trophy at the 47th Kodansha Manga Awards in the Shonen category. A 25-episode anime television series adaptation produced by C2C premiered on Crunchyroll in October of 2023, with 14 episodes currently available at time of recording. Shangri-La Frontier currently holds a score of 7.96 on my anime list, and that's based off 42,000 unique user reviews. And the story is as follows. High school student Rakuro Hizutume, known in the gaming world as Sunraku, enjoys playing poorly made and unbalanced video games known as trash games. His unique hobby leads him to try Shangri-La Frontier, a popular virtual reality game. In an unconventional move, he sells most of his starting gear, retaining only his shorts, a bird mask, and some weapons. As Raka delves into the game, he realizes the mainstream challenge it presents. Leveraging skills from his previous gaming experiences, he faces intimidating monsters and gains popularity for his eccentric playstyle, making an impact on Shangri-La Frontier. So we're going to be talking about the first episode, which is what do you play games for? But Benny, let's maybe go general impressions first before we maybe dive into the specifics of the, the plot beats and how it plays out over that 20 odd minutes. So what's your first feeling what's your vibe what's your general takeaways here on episode one of shangri-la frontier
1: i I think my first impressions and like just when i booted up the episode to start watching it so very very fresh this is how fresh it is i watched it for the first time this morning literally only three four hours ago and i've already rewatched the episode again a second time first impressions a very opening with this very cool dragon thing and everything like that was like that was literally my first impression was cool dragon and then dude in yellow swim shorts with a luchador mask. And I am like, fuck yes. I am in. <laughs> this is the stupidity I love about anime uh, is when, you know, and this is also just that gaming culture. And like it, as the intro and a little bit more goes on, like, it's very, uh, you and I, we, we've played our fair share of trash games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of them we've played together. We've also (laughs) played, you know, really, really good games and everything like that. So we've been on that sort of, um, on that review spectrum of gaming and everything as well too. So I I felt very able to relate to um, Sunraku very, very easily because it's like, I've played these sort of trash games and sometimes I will finish the trash game just out of spite to you know really really beat it and things like that so i f- i came away from that just that opening moments just going yes i'm in you've got comedy you've got cool action sequences uh really really snappy art style that will be reminiscent to anyone like i remember like the real world picture of him you know a reminded me like of a Digimon character or something like that. Yeah. From yeah, I could see that. yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I was getting that sort of animation vibes from, you know, that those late nineties, early two thousands, like cheese TV cartoons sort of things, but obviously a little bit more grown up because there's, there's quite a few grown up jokes going on in the background too. Um, And yeah, I, I think I, I was, I wasn't sure how this one was going to go because I saw, a preview on it a long time ago i was like, oh yeah i'll put that on my watch list because this looks cool but i'm not an isekai guy and i was worried this was just another isekai where someone wakes up in another world and it's the same shit because generally what happens is this these overpowered guys that just the power creep is just ridiculous so i was not looking forward to it on that side of things but when you put when you recommended it i was like yes that's on my list let's give it a crack and I was very happy to enjoy what I watched. So, yeah.
0: I love that. Yeah. It's uh, the tone setting done in those opening scenes just hooks you for so many reasons, which you just perfectly explained there. Like, it's just absurd. We get this yep. like crazy Godzilla dragon hell beast, and you're like, okay, what's happening? And yeah, why is this guy in his underpants and just a luchador yep. mask? Like, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I'm all about it. It's funny. It's unique. It's already distinctive compared to like a lot of the isekai because you're exactly. like, yeah, are we in? Like, are we living in this world? And we find out, you know, spoiler, but not spoiler at all because I read it in the opening. This is a virtual reality based game. Like this, this dude lives and breathes playing video games every day. He's not getting sucked into this world and trying to save the world in parentheses real life. He's just playing video games and yeah. being a typical high school dude. But the opening scenes super fun, super funny. Uh, and just the complete tonal shift, where yeah, he, you feel like okay, he's he's saving this this princess, this damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah. What is yeah. going on here? And then it just flips the script, and we'll talk about that in more detail soon. Yeah. But you're like, like,
1: oh, thank you, you've saved us from the dark lord. And then he just basically just jumps up and fly kicks her in the face in full slow mo, and you just see the whole contortion of the face. Uh, it's just, oh, it's just absolute brilliance. And this is in the opening, what, 30 seconds? Yeah, yeah.
0: So just the, the flipped as scripts immediately, where you go, okay, we're in a very rich fantasy world. It's going to be a very rails based mm. fantasy or isekai. And then they're like, no, nah, joke's on you. Rug pulled out from under you. Completely different. So, yeah, general impressions for me is it's fun. It's very well animated. The voice work was. Like I've I've been watching it through completely subbed and then English dub today for my rewatch. Mm. I prefer the sub compared to the dub at the moment, just because I guess I've been so familiar with the, the, the Japanese the different delivery. Voice. Yeah, exactly. So it was a little jarring for me transitioning into the English dub today. So I think I'll I'll sh- definitely shift back to to the sub version. But overall, still hit the same, still mm. super fun, and yeah. So that cold open. Just really set the tone and that expectation for the first few seconds, but then yeah, completely pivots because yeah, you're seeing yeah, Sunraku defeat this hell beast, very cliched hero moment, but then straight away he's talking about you know I've been waiting for this very moment. You're like cool, what's going to happen now? And then yeah. he he leans over to you think it's the the female uh, lead that you're trying to save, Faria. And he leans over and he's like, why don't you join the Dark Lord and go straight to hell where you belong? And, yeah, we get this massive, awesome kick animation right to the face, she super slow-mo. You watch the whole
1: face being contorted <laughs> as the foot goes right into a, the mush. And, it, ah, it's so good, so good. I And then all of a sudden you just see this, like, fa- uh, what's the name of the game? Faeria Online. So it, the pun with the name Faeria because it's a failure of a game. Yeah. It's just, it's just and it, it, I don't know if it's in this, because I didn't watch the whole thing sub, subbed. I, I, I went and flicked across between the audio tracks a couple of times. But the English cast, they dropped the premise of it being a pun as the episode wears on. And it just becomes more and more clearly that they're saying failure. Um, <laughs> so, they And just some of the naming, we'll, we'll get more of the naming puns later, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's really just a failure of a game by the sounds yeah. of it. Yeah, so yeah,
0: Faria Faer- Chronicle Online is is what he's playing. He, yeah, fly, fly kicks Faria, this, you know, blonde damsel in distress, and he calls her the real Dark Lord. And you're like, okay, this, this is very different and unexpected yeah. compared to most fantasy or Isekai, because I'm still thinking we're just in a pure fantasy landscape here. But then it cuts to real life and we see... Rakuro or Sunraku Raku is his gaming handle. He's known mm. as he, he's playing VR in this fully immersive VR gaming space. And then we get uh, some narration from Lindsay Seidel, who does the English narration gives us a bit of an understanding as far as the, the broader world, talking about the state of the gaming industry and that there's this steaming top tier garbage Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as these trash games and the people that love and play those games are known as freaks. Yep. And then we find out that yeah, Rakuro Hizutome, he is the trash game hunter. And then we get the opening that just hits hard. It is an absolute banger of an opening. It's one of my favorite opens of 2023, not only just from the song, but also the animation, the
1: fight scenes. It's just... It's it's a banger of a tune. I've already added it to my playlists and everything like that. It just absolutely opens in that guitar riff, and then the la 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 la, and then the big uh at the end of that. It's just yeah, it hits really, really, really good. um It's just a banger of an opening track.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tone setter again. Where yeah, Broken Games is the song by FZMZ. Uh, they're the, they're the band that helms this, and luckily they also do the. The opening "Danger, Danger" which cues in from episode fourteen onwards, so we're getting some consistency with the, with the track, and yeah, it's just it's a thumper. It's it's just got some heavy metal vibes through in with some mm. big like big sort of vocals contrasting yeah. with the metal, and then we're seeing an assortment of fantasy characters highlighted in the open. So it leads to a lot more questions. We're like, what? That's a giant humanoid bunny man smoking a mm-hmm. pipe, and then there's also a giant like. A heavily armored person there, and a busty woman with a giant staff kicking giant ass, giant like, wolf thing, and yeah, 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 and the, the little rabbit girl. Uh the little rabbit girl. Um, Imul is is her name.
1: Love her. She's great. Oh, Not going to say me, anything I, more. I than know that. what her name is. Dude, do you think I watched one episode? Come on, what do you take me for? Well, I wasn't sure. You, you only mentioned
0: <laughs> that you watched one episode twice this morning, so I'm like, hmm. Did he go beyond that? Oh, I was saving it till the end, but yeah, I, I watched more episodes. I'm not yeah. going to watch just one. Yeah, but uh, the opening, really fun. Gets you hyped, gets you pumped. Mm. And yeah, not only mixing in the soundtrack, but overlaying these scenes of the character, then also overlaying some awesome combat, some awesome yeah. fight scenes in this open. So I'm like, all right, I'm in. My heart's pumping. Like, my blood is also pumping right now. Like, let's let's go Shangri-La Frontier.
1: The whole, the whole time you got this shirtless bird headed man <laughs> running around with twin daggers is it's fantastic and that's that's the the centerpiece of the artwork for like the promo art and all that sort of stuff is you know sunraku's character is just this bird-headed guy with just in shorts and with two knives and it it's fantastic and that was one of the things leading up to this i just want to find out more about this bird man mm. i'm keen i don't know i want it to be goofy and different and strange i don't want it to be the same normal isekai tropes um uh like it, it's very rare for an isekai to get me and and this is not really an isekai but kind of falls into that same vein and it's it's i'm feeling it. i'm really 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 digging it, especially after yeah just the, so far what we've got so far i was like yep okay you've got a killer opening with mush to face like great animation going on and then killer opening track you've you've you've, you're laying all the groundwork for all the things i love in anime so let's keep it going keep it going and then to come out of this opening track we're back in the real world again and you know he's he's taking the game box and all this stuff and he goes and puts it on his shelf and you've got the the labels on the shelf there saying like what was it i can't remember there's one that says like not trash trash Really trash or something like that. And yeah, yeah. He's got a grading scale <laughs> a grading for, for scale the games. and and far, uh, failure just goes straight onto the the worst of the worst shelf. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, we can see that. Yeah, old uh, Ruckero, who's a Tome, the trash game hunter, is certainly a trash game hunter. Like he's got a dedicated shelf just to the, all this mess. So yeah, respect the hell out of him for that. He's he's waking up. After that, getting ready for school. Mm -hmm. Random scene where there's like butterflies in the house and and we find out that his mum collects butterflies. We don't really get anything more apart from that, but there's just butterflies in the house. We get like a little terrarium. I'm hoping that leads to something else
1: later on the series because you got that, was it like a rock beetle or something like that in the terrarium? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's like, hey, mum, one of your butterflies has got out and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so he's off out the door and all that sort of thing for that.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of, bit of a throwaway scene and and I hope they they play more on that somehow, some way. Lo- love insects, love entomology, so we'll see what happens with all that stuff. Uh, we then get introduced to one of the other supporting characters, Ray Sager, and we find out very quickly that she's got a big old crush on Hizotome and yep. she's sort of standing, they're already in at school now in sort of the, the hallways and she's standing just around the corner giving herself a bit of a pep talk, building up about what she's going to say to his atome to build up this conversation and hopefully develop the relationship. Yeah. And she's sort of saying it out loud and also in her head. And she's like, okay, I'm going to ask about this.
1: Oh, I play that game too. All right. Yeah. 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 So it's clear that she, she's crushed on him for a while. It, it's a pure little piece of slice of life anime that's just been slid in there a little bit of, yeah, just to, but I, I love the fact that she's standing there. Up against the wall, and she's talking to herself to psych herself up, and you actually get shots of other people walking past and going, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, so they're actually playing us up like, okay, she's is the anime tropes, but then there's like the background characters are going, "Why are you being weird?" So yeah, there's, like, there's this some is, realness this laid in real in right at the top. Yeah, and it it works really really well. It does, and and yeah, so
0: you're already like. I'm a slice of life fiend. I'm a romance fiend. So I'm like, all right, we're getting some of this mixed in here with this fantasy landscape. Hell yeah, let's keep rolling. And so she goes to step forward out of the shadows or from around the corner to engage with Hizotome. But just as she goes to say hello, random friend X grabs Hizotome and, and you know, ask what he's been up to. And, oh, they, you know, there's some more discussion around gaming. And yeah, so she, she misses, misses the boat. She's deflated. Yeah. My heart broke a little bit for her. The same but he, time. he beat the
1: trashiest game he's ever played, so that's
0: that's it. Yeah, so he <laughs> starts talking <laughs> about Faria Chronicle Online to his mate. Yeah, we find out you know the game's buggy as hell and yeah, almost impossible to play, and yet somehow he finished it. So
1: you're like, man, yeah. okay,
0: this guy's a bit of a gaming
1: lord. So he, you know, the, he knows what context up. is laid. Yeah, yeah, it's actually is it this sort of point where is where I kind of actually clicked on who his voice was. is it um, it's Eric Vale who is very prolific in the dubbing community Mm -hmm. um most notably known for playing sanji on one piece as well as oh god i've forgotten his bloody name uh in my hero academia um shigaraki no shigaraki yeah yeah shigaraki i was right it was shigaraki the 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 villain in the main villain in in my hero so um yeah, he's obviously done a heap of other voice acting over the years and everything like that. He's been in the game forever. But I clicked it and I'm like, that's Sanji's voice. He's, it's just pure Sanji. So I was like, oh, that got me really excited again to continue watching it further. And then leading into this next scene, I hear another very familiar voice at the game store. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Of Mana Awakami, the the owner of uh, Rock Roll, the, the video game store. Miss Stephanie Young, another another straw hat from from One Piece who plays Robin in One Piece. So, And she's obviously been around the game for a very, very long time as well and has been, appeared in countless upon countless of, I think she's Midnight in My Hero, if I remember correctly, for the dubs. Uh, but, like, she's been in heaps of stuff as well. So, yeah, it's just recognizable voices but then I was so I was like okay I'm gonna have to look at some of these other English cast actors and everything like that but I, I also quickly looked up uh Sanraku's voice for the Japanese is actually Yuma uh Uchida who does the voice of Megami from Jujutsu Kaisen so and he's actually done a whole heap of other voices prolific voices and things like that over the years but that was the most notable one that came up for me instantly because I was like oh well that relates to something that Else i've been looking at a lot recently mm-hmm. something you've been gushing over as well recently too so yeah i just thought oh look th- there's all these little things i, I love that this it's it's something i actually really love about anime is listening to the voice cast and th- like hearing all the, the familiar voices i know there's a lot sometimes where you hear the same voices over and over again but sometimes mm-hmm. i like hearing just the same guys but doing different voices like the difference between Shigaraki and uh i can't remember who he played in classroom of the elite the bully guy in classroom of the elite and then sanji as well as uh sunraku here it's just it, there's all the different voice differences and it's like oh that's the art of being a voice actor and it's i find it incredibly impressive even though there's similarities between all of the characters but they're all uniquely different and i i find that fascinating
0: yeah it's cool to see these Voiceover artists, the the amount of layers that they can have on display here, like you said, playing, going from an antagonist to a protagonist, from a, a quirky, whimsical drama to something that's terrifying and heart wrenching, and so yeah. seeing and hearing that play
1: out. The, the differences between a hero and a villain or a goofy character, you know, um, so many of them play such different different roles. Like um, the the other voice actor, the I guess she'd be the female lead, being Ray. I, I, didn't I didn't write down her name, but uh, I was like going through her credit. She's only been doing it for like the last four years as well. In yeah, terms of Cor- her voice Corey Petit credits. or Thank Corey you. Pettit, I That's don't know how one, you yeah. pronounce her surname, but yeah,
0: she's uh she's great. She she does a really good uh good job with Ray. You can hear and sense that vulnerability and that awkwardness, that you exactly. know, high school awkwardness that these these kids it, have got. It
1: fits that very unique slice of life style that, that you and I both enjoy a lot, too. Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, we get introduced to one of, I guess, our first adult characters here
1: mm-hmm.
0: with the head of uh, Rock Roll there. And yeah, she she's running this game store. But I really enjoy with this when we get introduced to Mana Iw- Iwamaki. They do this cool, like, it's very video gamey where they they frame her in the shot and we get like a an intro card where it's the, her name and you're getting this pop of color yep. and like a little title plaque around her. And then you get the same with Ray just a few seconds later of that. So I'm like, I like that they're mixing in video game tropes and mm. familiarity as far as character introductions from video gaming in, in the, in air quotes, real world. I think it's a really, really yeah. nice touch.
1: Yeah, this is actually where I'm going to highlight. where This is kind of where I started doing the flipping between audio tracks because mm-hmm. Crunchyroll, uh, for some god-awful reason, On the Chromecast app, so if you've got the Chromecast TV with the remote and everything like that, you can install the Crunchyroll app, watch all your anime, which is generally what I do because it's nice and easy and I can do it all there. Unfortunately, for some reason, that app, the subtitles uh, don't work unless you've got it on the Japanese audio setting. Okay. So if you put it in English, you can't do closed captions or... But which... That's fine. I can watch it without closed captions. That's not a problem. I watch a lot of things without closed captions. But it doesn't actually put the English translations of any physical text on the screen for That's some a reason. Killer. It's and such it a killer. It drives me insane. And so I was like, oh, I swear, because I, like, I know if I watch it on my tablet or my laptop, I get subtitles. I'm like, oh, i will just go switch over to there and everything. And then, oh, look, it works perfectly fine on my tablet. It works perfectly fine on my laptop. It works perfectly fine on my Xbox. Just so, like the Chromecast. Just not the Chromecast. So at the moment, uh, Crunchyroll, if you're listening, fix your fucking app. <laughs> we
0: may continue. It's, it's miles better than the High Dive app. That's all oh, i got to that say. True? That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty low bar to
1: step over. That High Dive app sucks. But considering we came from Anime Lab, which was the best mm. anime-watching experience available with streaming, which, you know, that ended, what, four years ago now? Yeah, when definitely. Funimation bought them out. Um, and then even the Funimation app worked better with the uh, language tracks and the subtitle tracks and things like that and being able to switch between them. Crunchyroll is still playing catch-up to something that was working perfectly with Anime Lab four or five years ago. Crunchyroll needs to pull their finger out. They've got the money behind them to do these things right. And they should be doing it right.
0: Well, while we're putting some boots into Crunchyroll, my, my biggest mm. gripe or request would be the ability to... Only have it highlight like you be able to select which languages you're interested in, so you only mm. get notifications for English and Japanese or Hindi yeah. or whatever it is. But I get annoyed when it's like just updated, and you go, "Oh, that's an anime I love. I didn't know there was new episodes out." And you click on, it, it's like, "Oh, now the Hindi dub's out." And you're just like, "I don't care. Stop blocking my timeline out with nonsense."
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't care about the just updated. If it's just oh, it's now you've got a Hindi or a Portuguese dub, yeah. that's great for people in those markets, but. I, I don't need to know about that. Yeah, let me select that in my in my profile options, please. Add some more profile options. Add some more, like settings for adjusting the subtitles, so you can adjust like the size of the font or you know the the background on it sometimes. Because, uh, God, what is the app I was using? I can't. I think it was Amazon Prime. When you are adjusting the subtitles and everything on Amazon, you've got Prime, so you can, much can, customization. So, yeah, you can it's customize great. the size, the color. The opacity of the background, all sorts of things. It's really fantastic. Um, which you know, granted, yes, we're English native English speakers watching majority of what we watch is native English program, but I still put closed captions on on everything these days um, because I just generally miss things, I guess. Yeah, and and some of the context,
0: like even though that voiceover artist is delivering these lines, it could be. Interpreted differently, written as opposed to said. So yeah. sometimes you see it play out completely different on the subtrack as opposed to the dub. So it's mm-hmm. good to have that closed caption option. So yeah, exactly. Please get better.
1: Yeah. So yeah, sorry to hit you hard, Crunchy, but you deserve it at the moment. You've got the money to do things right and do things really well. You should be doing them well.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, yeah, we're we're in uh, in rock roll. We realise that Iwamaki is well aware of Ray's crush. On um Hisatomi for quite a long while and, and first walks in there and you can see Ray scanning rock roll and yeah Iwamaki's like he's not here yet, don't worry about it, yeah. it's all good. Oh, she I was just looking for some new off. games. Yeah, so it's a <laughs> cute, cute little, cute little high school crush, and and yeah, the world can see yeah. it. And then as she she's standing in the store, we realize that uh his just appears in said store. Yep. Ray. Smoke bombs disappeared. She's hiding down an aisle because she doesn't really know what to do or, or how to encounter this situation. And yeah, AtoMi walks in, uh, have an exchange with, with Ilmaki about Faeria and how much of a piece of poo this game is. How and much he's of a there failure it is. <laughs> and, and I love this where he's breaking down Faeria, the character, about yep. how she's just the worst, and she's responsible she's for the all real, of the horrible the things. She's the real
1: villain in the game that you're supposed to be helping. Oh, so good. So it's great. Yeah, she's like, I she does line, this like, and she doesn't do that. She's on the, court, the cart, and he's like, I left you on a bench and told you to wait there. Why are you on a horse and cart?
0: Yeah, and somehow <laughs> ran over a guy and killed them, crushed them under the wheel. Oh but uh, Yeah, so so we're understanding just how much he despises that game and despises Faria the, the, the character, character yeah. that you meant to save. And then he goes, there was a line in here that made me crack up where he's like, it was three minutes of heaven to put the boot into her. <laughs> I'm like, you know, that's, that's a bit uncomfortable, but I'm laughing right now.
1: <laughs> I... yeah it it, it, in real world context not great in um yeah in cartoon video game world yeah it it was deserved like this character needs to go yeah
0: very well (laughs) deserved and and then um yeah they're still talking and and yeah iwamaki's like all right how do you how do you follow up beating the pinnacle of trash gaming and then she's like you change it up you play something good for once play some triple a (laughs) yeah we get out of the trash we get out of the mud and we play something great, and, yeah, she talks about this fully mm. immersive VR. It's got 30 million player base, Shangri-La Frontier.
1: It's the mainstream smash hit, and he's like, well, all right, maybe I will. Mm. Mm. I, I I love this. 30 million players can't be wrong. They're like, wow, she's she got a good point. Mm. I love the artwork that's hanging on the wall that she's pointing to and everything like that as well. It's just this beautiful piece of scenery and the sort of thing. And, and you know, uh, so as you mentioned, this is being recorded on the 21st of January. Uh, Power World literally just came out. I spent a good chunk of my day yesterday playing it. The exact same, like looking, that artwork just fills me with the same sort of feeling I had in Power World and we'll get into a little bit more of it when he actually gets into Shangri-La the game where it's just that feeling when you get up to a high cliff and you expand like the the scenic rim around you and everything like that and you could see oh what's that off in the distance and this and that and everything like that and that same sort of piece of artwork i think it encapsulates that that feeling and i I, yeah because i literally just experienced it with power i was like man it's such a good feeling in video games when you get to these little things like wow look at all these things i can go do and it's yeah it that artwork going back and looking at it when i watched it the second time i really really picked up on that a lot more um, and then, yeah, did they mention it here that it was made by Utopia or is that following uh, that, this? That comes a little bit down the like, line. A little it's not bit later, too yeah.
0: far away. It's, it's in like the next scene. But, yeah, the, talking about sort of that key art, it reminded me a lot of when they first announced and the media hype up leading to the release of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, same yes. thing where it's just
1: this just this sense of scope and As I was talking, worldness. I was thinking like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom sort of yeah, scope, Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, so yeah, he commits, makes the purchase, heads on home, and this is where we sort of get a little bit of a a backstory of of the game. He's at home on his iPad reading up about Shangri-La Frontier, trying to get an understanding of it. We find out that it's a Mm -hmm. record breaker. We get a bit of the the synopses where they're saying, a colony of spacefaring explorers have died, but they've left behind a new generation of adventurers. We jump forward a few thousand years, and the players are thrust into an open world where tech levels are roughly the same the medieval era, perfectly blending science fiction and fantasy. So I'm like, Oh, that sounds like a game that I actually want to yeah, play. Let I, I want to play this game.
1: I want to play this game. And we, we get into it in the episodes. And are like, I want to play this game. Yeah. yeah, It looks so
0: fun. One thing I wrote in my notes here is so he, he commits to it. He, he goes to play the game. But he puts into his computer like a USB SD card hybrid or something. Like it's not an S- a USB; yeah, It go straight it was inside weird, the computer. Thing. It's a weird shape. I'm like, well, it's fine. And this is where we got the context with the developer, uh, Utopia Entertainment Software, or, or mm-hmm. UES as they're known, and they're a. A global leader in software and hardware, as well as um, ISP. So they also provide yeah. internet services. Provide your internet
1: services. Yep.
0: And um, we we don't get much more ab-
1: apart from the the leader who's seen as a visionary. Sekiro yeah. Sakio I was going to say they mention her name and everything like that, and you get the silhouette. And I'm like, that's foreshadowing. That's that yeah. she's going to be. She's going to play a part later on, whether or not it's this season or next season or four seasons from now, she's playing a part in this story. Yeah, so I
0: enjoy the the world building both in, in game and in world where we're getting a lot of context as far as yeah, who Utopia are and we we can immediately find out that you know they're you could say they're Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft combined. They're they're a monster, mm-hmm. they're a juggernaut,
1: and Sukiyo uh Sakori is the is the leader behind it all and Yeah, they manufactured they were like the leading designer for this VR headset experience or something as well, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. So that they are like the leading top of the thing. So they're basically the way I interpreted it was is it like it's like Sony's first party studios prov- providing a single player game experience. They're they they are the top level at the moment. So that's yeah, what this I, game is. I wrote essentially in my is notes is this
0: female Hideo Kojima? <laughs> 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 so so who knows? But uh yeah, well, then we see Here's uh, a Tomei after he puts the puts the disc or the USB what puts the game into his computer. Yeah,
1: the the uh, mini the headset, the mini flash USB scan disc plus ultra.
0: Yeah, it sounds right to me. Yeah, so he puts that in <laughs> and then puts the headset on, then enters into SLF or Shangri La Frontier, if you want to go shorthand or long form, mm-hmm. and straight away, the level of depth in the character creation is massive and it overwhelms yep. his Atome because he's like, hey, I I don't know
1: any of these quality of life features from the trash games. Triple
0: A used the best. to trash.
1: See, <laughs> <laughs> so this is another mode because again, all all the characters in the when I was watching it on the Chromecast, I was like, oh, god damn it, it's all I, I can't read it again. So I switch over the the, tra- the tracks and everything else. Like, okay, I get, I can see what's going on here. I wasn't yes. missing any important information, but it was just kind of cool to be able to see like what some of the other jobs were and classes and things like that where we're, as he's going through all the little menu options there
0: it's very impressive and like we've mentioned on this podcast or in just in this episode alone yeah we've we played a lot of video games over the years we have played a oh, lot yeah. of rpgs so mm-hmm. seeing a nice juicy deep character creator always yeah. tickles my pickle so i was straight on, like yeah this is cool this
1: this looks like something that i play they had to the zoom in on the eyes moving back and forth as he was like trying to so, sort out the distances between his eyes and everything like that. And then the changing of the hairstyle and all that sort of stuff. And the, the eyes movement actually was through me a little bit the first time I was watching it. Cause I was like, my, in my brain, I was like, I've already seen the face getting mushed by a foot to kicking it at the start of this episode. They're so like, oh, no, what's happened to his head? I was like, oh, no, he's just adjusting the, the character. That's I, it.
0: Just, just yeah. trying to make it look exactly like him. So mm-hmm. from a facial perspective, it looks just like Atome um, or Sanraku if we want yep. to go his gamer handle. Uh, and, yeah, he's he's sort of building out his character and then we get some more voiceover work from uh, Lindsay Seidel as the narrator and she's explaining what Sunraku is doing here. And she's saying that this is very unique. Like um, Sunraku is a very unique playstyle where he's dropping all his armor mm-hmm. in place of weapons and luck rolls. And then in the game, yeah, you've got the capacity to sell off any gear that you start with that you don't want. So he's going to be starting with three times the amount of Mani, as it's called, M-A-H-N-I, which is yeah. the currency in SLS. Yeah, really cool. And yeah, then he's realizing too, because yes, this character now looks exactly like him,
1: and he's known mm-hmm. as the trash gamer he doesn't really want to have his face out there in the world well it was more along the lines because he was running around half naked so he's like i don't yeah. want to run i don't want everyone staring at me like I, I don't want to feel so self conscious that i'm running around half naked and everyone can see my face so oh this bird mask is the only thing that's available that i can have as a starting item so i'll just take that
0: yeah so scrolls through finds this bird mask which is just so absurd but i'm all love for it. it so i love it Pair of shorts, couple of daggers, bird mask, no shoes, no socks, nothing on the upper body, just a just a, a buff figure. And yeah, bird mm. mask, shorts, and a couple of weapons. Yeah, you see him input Sunraku, that's where you find out that he uses the same name in every every game he plays. So he's got a bit of notoriety out there in the gaming space. And then uh, you get a bit of voiceover from the gamer. It's like, you know, lay down in in a comfortable space, get ready for the experience. Mm-hmm. And he lays down on his bed and he's ready to rip in. And the game boots up, and we get like a Star Wars esque rolling prologue. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I'm, cool. I'm loving this nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then he's yeah. like, to hell with this, and just skip. Prologue skip,
1: skip, skip. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's like we know like many players like that. Many other gamers we know. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I would I would definitely listen to it or watch it all because I like it. Oh I
1: would too, but the i not So with... many
0: dudes we know and dudettes we know they're just like
1: skip, yeah, skip, skip, skip. skip like, Come skip, on, man.
0: Skip. Come on, girl. Ash, David, I'm calling you out right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to name names, but yeah, definitely they're the two I immediately thought of. So yeah, uh it's there. Yeah, but, so we yeah. don't get the the opening prologue so we don't get the full ins and outs of, um, yeah, SLF. But then Sanraku spawns into this very, very luscious forest. The light rays coming down from the sky. Like, this whole scene is so beautifully animated where they're introducing us to this fantasy world and we're seeing, yeah, light play a part here. We're seeing the vibrancy of mm. the flora and the fauna. And then he's talking about, wow, like limb movement in this game feels
1: just like real life. Like,
0: movement... Yeah. It's sort of one to one as far as being able to to climb and
1: jump and move yeah, around yeah. Like, like oh you my would. god I can I can run I can climb you know <laughs> all these little things is like we kind of take for granted in a lot of games these days as well but he's he's gets so excited about just how much he can move freely in this world uh, but it's the same thing it's like uh, you play a game like I don't know, I'm just going to use Gears of War because it's the one that comes to mind. You can't jump in that game. And then you go play some other shooter where you can jump. You're like, oh, my God, I can jump. And you get really excited about the mundane little things, but they, they become important to a gamer.
0: That's it. That's it. So, yeah, so Duraku's taking all of this in with very open eyes and, and sort of um, excitement because, yeah, he's like, this is nothing like what I'm used to in all that trash I've been playing for years. So, he's climbing up and running around and he yeah climbs up this massive tree and he looks in like the draw distance be able to see this massive big sort of open green area he's just in awe of this world mm-hmm. that he's now exhibiting in uh, and we can find out too he opens up his map you get like 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 in a video game you can pop up and get your little like there's no like HUD that he can see in the yeah. game but he can pop up and check out the map and check out his stats and we find out that because he chose the Wanderer origin story, it avoids the tutorial completely
1: and it just drops you into this random starter zone and that's what's happened here. We should mention as well, when he chose the Wanderer, the reason why he chose it is because it doesn't, it, uh, doesn't build on defense or anything like that, but it has a high luck roll. Correct. Specifically.
0: Correct. Yeah, so he opens his stat bar and he's only got three vitality, but mm. his luck score is 30. 30, <laughs>
1: yeah. Through the roof. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so so you can see he's all about luck and that would then tie into critical chance and stuff like that. So uh yeah, he's he's a glass cannon in in the gaming oh, yeah. sense. And then um, yeah, Senraku attempts to take a few steps through the forest, and he's ambushed by an axe-wielding goblin. Aren't we all? <laughs> On his journey of life, just axe-wielding goblins everywhere. Yeah, it's um <laughs> It's it's well animated. It's it's a bit creepy. It's like it's Mm. sort of foaming at the mouth. It's an aggressive little green bugger, and it charges at him. Beautifully
1: animated. I love I love the monsters like just the ones we see in the first episode as well. I I've watched a few extra episodes like I mentioned before, but it's um the the monster animation is pretty top top tier. I've been really enjoying that too. Even the weapons as well. The weapons look sick, and it's like another reason why I want to play the game. And um, like
0: the weapons when they're they're clashing against one another, and you can mm. see the, the sparks and the impact, sort of the way it's animated and, and framed is awesome. So this yeah, axe wielding goblin charges, jumps at Sunraku, he sort of steps aside, swings his, swings one of his daggers, slices the goblin in half, and the kill animation mm. is so damn well animated. It's so pretty. And I like yep. that yeah, the goblins cut in half, and you can start to see, I guess. Where the blood would be, it's like little block pixels just fading into the
1: ether, flicking, flickering off like little flickering lights and everything like that. It's really, really well done, Uh, and they use that same sort of animation like with the other bits and pieces as well. Like it's, it's really, really well done how they do the little sprite animation. I, I really enjoy that.
0: Yeah, super clean. So this this goblin is is one shot. He's then leveled up from level one to level two. Mm-hmm. He picks up the axe that the goblin was wielding and he realizes that items have durability in this world as well. So you can't swing an item forever. It will break down and need to be repaired and stuff. Uh, but then we get this this line from Sundaraku where he's like, the feeling of diving headfirst into a new world is pure ecstasy. So he is loving yeah. life right now. And then we get introduced to another enemy archetype, which is a Vorpal Bunny, and it just looks like a little pint-sized badass killing machine because it flies at him, smashes through a tree, and they have this really cool exchange, this really cool fight, and it's so slickly animated and the the way they've positioned the characters
1: and they transition the camera around, it is sexy. So going back to giving Crunchyroll uh, crap, this time I'm actually going to give them a bit of credit. Uh, This little scene with the Vorpal Bunny is... uh, the first little highlight I saw at the show way back when when it first started airing um mm-hmm. back when it was in the the spring anime debuts no not spring fall anime debuts I think it was um and I was like oh uh, this looks really good I' have to put this on my list I'll definitely have to try, make sure I check this one out and I it's just one of those ones I never got round to so again kudos to you thank you for assigning this one for You're us to, to watch but <laughs> uh I remember watch this specific clip with the vorpal bunny go oh this looks really, really cool. I mean, it still kind of looks like an isekai, but I might give it a crack just to see what it looks like. I, add, I did add it to my watch list back then. Yeah, it's a,
0: it's a really, really cool fight. It's mm. really pretty. Uh, we see a couple of those video game tropes pop in here too where he lands a critical and you get the the, the critical text pop up on the screen where you know yep. you've done some some juicy damage to the, to the Vorpal Bunny. Uh, and yeah, like I mentioned, I love that they they transition the camera around so we get sort of that 360 matrix sort of vibe. It's not like stop time and he's dodging like that, but just the way it's transitioned to see that sort of one cut uh battle
1: play out. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's criticals going off, there's blades getting clashed against yeah, one another. Perfect parry, I think, was one of them as well that mm-hmm. he got he gets at one point in here. Yeah,
0: so we can see that yeah, he's uh his trash gaming prowess allows him to know what most enemies would have as far as their movesets and the way they'd come at you and from which directions. And he manages to use that knowledge to to stab the Vorpal Bunny sort of through the neck slash up into the head. Vorpal Bunny dies. Yep. We then realize that, okay, that was a bit of a tougher enemy because he jumps from level two to level four. And now he learns some new skills. He gets a skill called Flash Counter available mm-hmm. to himself in this moment. So I like that there's... All these gaming mechanics are getting played out and it, it's contrasted in where we get more of the the narrator un, like explaining these mechanics and how it works as far as leveling and learning new yeah. abilities and the the if-then logic as far as how, how it happens in video games. So you're like, as a non-gamer, you could watch this and go, okay, understand. I, I understand yeah, these yeah. mechanics. That's, it makes yeah. sense.
1: It makes it easy for the audience to digest. And yeah. I mean, granted, yes, it's obviously very much targeted towards the gaming sort of audience as well, but you could watch this with I don't know your girlfriend or whatever whoever might not be interested in gaming as much and they'd be able to follow along quite simply
0: yeah yeah so I like that it's got this hand-holding element to it Mm. but it's not arrogant in the way that it's it's sort of giving you every little breadcrumb it's just jumping in jumping out when it feels like we need to add some more context here so you can understand this world more it's it's nice subdued storytelling instead of Belting us over the head every two seconds, so yeah, uh, that's really good. And then we get Sunraku realizing that he's yet to experience a single bug. So uh, this is, you know, this yeah. is a triple
1: A life. <laughs> I, I love the line here. Is like, oh, that's what triple A gets you. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I've played some pretty buggy, messy triple A <laughs> games <laughs> in the last couple of years, bro. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I kind of understood the sentiment. But yeah, I my first thought was like. Nah, not all triple A, man. Not all triple A. That's it. That's it. He,
0: he's he's uh, spoiled right now. And yeah, let's see what mm-hmm. changes when he when he shifts to other triple A games. But right now, um, yeah, Shangri-La Frontier is delivering all of the greatness. And then we find out that Sunraku's new goal here is he wants to get his hands on the Vorpal Chopper, which is what the Vorpal Bunnies were using because, you know, they're a bit of a yeah, badass. Yeah, he's a bit disappointed that it
1: didn't drop the weapon.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's a bit bummed. And he goes out and grinds. He We sort of jump forward a little bit in his playtime and he's now killed 50 of those bunnies to finally get a set of the Vorpal Choppers and we find out that he's now at level 12 and then mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I should probably use some stat points. And yeah, he just throws it all into luck. For all the into most luck. Part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he's still not concerned luck. about that HP. That vitality nope. is still sitting at three or so at this time and yeah, he's just all about the, all about the luck. And then we find out that... Um, the way this world's played out in the game, there's some hub worlds. So there's the the starting zone or or the first area. It's called first year conveniently enough. First year. (laughs) And then the second area is called second deal. So you
1: can understand where it's going to play out from there. I think the third one they mentioned is third and or something like that. Yeah. I was like, yep. Okay. Good puns. I enjoy this. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because at this moment, the, the, the ending starts playing. So we get the the ending mm. start to play in the background, which is also a jam. The ending theme uh is called Ace by Chico. It's it's a it's a time too. So the opening and the ending, yeah. chef's kiss for both of them. Nice little nice little dance track sort of pop number. Yeah on the yeah. outro. Really, really, really good. Yeah. And so um Sonraku's like, all right, I'm gonna make my way to this to this village to hell with first year. I'm going to second deal. I ain't got time for that nonsense. And he starts walking towards this bridge. And then we get showcasing of an area boss known as a ravenous python, complete with a white sexy hairpiece, mind you. Mm. And we get some more gaming context where the bottom right corner, it's like, you know, recommended level to attack this boss, level 10. So he's fine on the leveling, but it also says that you should be in a party size a of three. Party.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like three people or something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. and... Um, He's like yolo, I'm doing this myself. He charges in head first and he yells Shangri-La as it cuts <laughs> to um to um to Hirozume laying on the bed, smiling his head off, and then it cuts to credits and you're like, "Oh, yep. Okay. That was enough. I mm-hmm. got a bit of a taste. I'm excited. I'm curious what's happening, but then it pulls us back out of credits for a hot second post credit scenes I love a good post credit scene we got we got a thousand of them it feels like we got about four yeah. <laughs> and we we see this giant armored hoss just standing at mm. the exit of the town very imposing very foreboding giant armored laden person just just yep. you assume giant waiting white armor yeah waiting whether they be a challenge to actually exit the town or are they waiting for sanraku for whatever reason I don't know but I'm like mm-hmm. ooh okay okay and then we get these two little cute slf
1: mini scenes where they tie in yeah usually just a bit of fun bit of a throwaway thing you get these in anime from time to time they're great like demon slayer did them really really well Mm Where they like did like the the little chibi animations post credits and things like that yeah
0: yeah and we get some fourth wall breaking in the first slf mini where ray appears and she's like Mm. hey you missed the prologue earlier on, so that's fine. So she lets it play out here, and it's very deep and philosophical and talking about, you know, what is the purpose divinity of your and life? divine, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, the divinity born and all this. And you're like, okay, I like that they went back and, and gave us that little kernel. Mm. Even though it might be nothing, it might not mean anything. And then we get another SLF mini where we throw back to Faria being the absolute worst as far as yeah. all the carnage and chaos and death she's caused. In that yeah. game that uh, that sunraku couldn't stand
1: is i i love the sort of little things uh i like i said Demon like black clover did it really really well as well the clover clips i love those too before going to the preview of the next episode which i also love a little preview of the next episode at the end of an anime um But yeah, it's these little, it's just lighthearted and, you know, especially if you've just watched a really emotionally draining episode of an anime, you get these little lighthearted clips or something like that to boost you back up. And it's like, cool, I'm ready. And I'm excited for next week. Again, Uh, I'm keen to see more.
0: Yeah. It's like going to a concert and they do the encore, you know, it leaves the audience happy. They come out one more song. So you get a little, a little taster here, uh, sets a good tone. And you mentioned Black Clover, like, um, Furiyasu, Mm. who's the writer of Shangri La Frontier, is
1: also one of the lead writers for Black Clover, funnily enough. Ah, yeah, you're probably on the anime, yeah, uh, not on the manga, but yeah, 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 definitely, yeah.
0: Yeah, and also, like, it's got a similar vibe to That Time I Got Reincarnated as Slime, also Mm -hmm. writer of that. Like, Kabuka, who's the director, did uh, Handyman Saito, and most recently, sort of Berserk the Golden Age, which is some of the better low bar of saying recent Berserk stuff. And also Gunbuster, which was fine as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, so the ending it ends on a really funny positive note with the SLF minis, but also ends yeah. pretty hyped where the last we saw of Sunraku was charging in head first to try and fight this
1: giant ass wigged snake. Yeah, the 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 snake boss and then you you've got this hint of what's to come with this person in the giant white armor. It's like, oh I wonder what's gonna go on there. Slight spoilers, you find out very quickly in the next episode. I won't say what it is, but <laughs> you, it, it's straight away at the start of the next episode yeah. you, you find out exactly what's going on. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's the sort of thing that gets you cooking and looking at wanting to watch the ne- next episode. Overall, fantastic first episode, introduction to a new IP style show. Uh, I, I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, me too. Like it uh, it executed in that 23-odd
0: minutes some really great storytelling introduced us to a couple Executed of the characters. in twenty-three characters. minutes,
1: what some other animes take three, four episodes to do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want to say. Like that's, I, I was thinking about it after I watched it. It's like so many animes. You like, and it, it's it kind of goes against the concept of what this show is. But like, so many animes these days, the one episode is not enough to give you a good indication of what the series is going to be. You need at least two or three to kind of get a better understanding of what's going to happen. And um, I think this, you know, it breaks the mould. It does it all in one. I mean, even my favourite anime, and I say favourite, it's not the best, but it's, you know, Black Clover, like that first episode, it doesn't, it ends on a cliffhanger, but it doesn't make it a, you know, it's like, it doesn't have that same, okay, I've, I feel like I've had a complete episode th- feeling uh, because it, it that whole little story arc plays out over the course of three episodes. So, in that regard, I, I find this is really, really well done, and a lot of other anime need to take lessons from this about really good story writing and telling, telling you how all this sort of stuff should be working. I agree, man. Like I'm mm. very much of the yeah the
0: three episode rule, where if it doesn't get you by episode three, there's a chance that it might not be for you, and and that's mm-hmm. the gamble with. More than hentai, we're only just looking at that first episode. hundred percent. It's tough for them to give you enough to hook you in that 20 minutes.
1: Jono with Kuroko's basketball, like he didn't like it. Yeah. Because he only watched that first episode. And I was like, Kuroko's is great. What's he talking about? I went back and watched the first episode and I was like, oh, yeah, it's not really a good first episode. You really need to watch the first two episodes to get the story hook. Yeah. Uh, you and I will fall for that trap every time because we'll just put on something and we'll binge mm-hmm. a couple of episodes um, and you know we're invested into the anime community now whereas a lot other people that are coming into it with fresh eyes aren't as much so um yeah it, it's one of those things I think it's it's very rare that we get one of these good first episodes that really hooks you and wants you to come back for a second episode straight away without feeling like you need to come back for a second one.
0: Yeah, I think Shangri-La Frontier really stands apart for that exact mm. reason where it's the the literal opening and then also the the musical opening both just mm-hmm. set a tone, get you hyped. You start yep. to get an understanding of this world really quickly. They introduce you to these lead characters
1: The feeling characters between really real world and game world as well are really, really well done. And they're both stylistically very different too. I, I found that was really, 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 really smartly done. And like, I, I want to know more about what happens in the real world as well as what's going on in the in the game world. I want to know about this Utopia boss. I want to know why this mum collects butterflies and and rock beetles and things like rhinoceros beetles and stuff like that. and Has terrariums. I want to know more about this uh, the girl that's in the store. like, what's her invested interest in getting these two crazy kids together? Because she knows that she can she can set this couple up like there's There's more going on in the real world as well as what's going on in the game world. And then in the game world, it's like, oh, we get to learn all these things. and this game looks like it it sounds like and looks like it would be a hell of a lot of fun, and I want to play it too.
0: yeah, it's certainly like it leaves us with so many more questions than answers, but it also leaves mm-hmm. us feeling comfortable and confident enough to know what's happening after that first episode. Yeah. we're like, okay, I get the I get the stakes. I get the characters. I get the world, and I want more mm-hmm. of it, but I've also, leaving here with a dozen questions that i know will be answered in future episodes or future seasons so yeah yeah c2c really nailed it with the animation and then yeah kabuka uh-huh. with the direction as far as the pacing and everything else i think was really really well done and like c2c the studio behind it their sort of bread and butter is fantasy like they did um sukumichi moonlit fantasy which is uh just entered into its second season as of a couple of weeks ago Uh, reincarnated as a sword which i absolutely loved last year watch that one yeah they did otaku elf last year they did Mm. handyman saito in another world so they know fantasy they know how to animate Mm. and create this interest and this intrigue and this beauty and yeah shanglai frontier is stunning it's funny it's fast the fight scenes are awesome and the characters they've introduced to so far are people that I feel like I can get behind and root for so yeah yeah hat tip to everybody
1: yeah it, it's just really really well done we, we mentioned the voice casters and everything as well earlier um so there's I think there's something a little bit here for everyone to really enjoy I it's, it's kind of uh like it's like a marvel movie it, it's easy for everyone to digest and enjoy yeah yeah it's
0: good yeah. uh good popcorn anime you could say Yes. And if you're still on the fence about uh, Shangri-La Frontier after this last hour or so of podcasting, if you've enjoyed things like Sword Art Online, Bofuri, Full Dive, the ultimate next-gen Full Dive RPG is even shittier than real life, which is actually you like a Kona fun, Suba. enjoyable one. Konosuba and yeah. the King's Avatar are the primary... If you like that, you'll enjoy these types of comps on my yep. anime list.
1: So it, it fits very well in with the shonen genre as well. It, it feels like it's got a lot of the shonen sort of tropes too going on as well. So if you like any of the shonen animes, if not so much the darker ones, more on the lighthearted side of things. But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot of fun to be had with this. Not just one episode, like like I said, I watched a few. Um, mm. You know, the few that I've watched, there's a lot of fun to be had with this, and I'm, I'm keen to get caught up to date on it as well uh, uh, when i do when i'll find time to do that i don't know um <laughs> I've, I've put one piece on a little bit of a back burner now that i've made it to the land of wano so but again uh one piece is there's a reason why people call it the goat. if you can get to the point where you understand what's going on and you can get past the, the datedness of it it is that freaking good so for me to find time and sneak this one in, I think is, is going to be good. So I'll put one piece on the back burner. I've got JJK to get through. This is going to be added to my rotation now for stuff to watch. Solo levelling is cranking out at a rapid pace and I'm, I'm keen for that. Uh, and oh, I've got Kaiju number eights around the corner too, man. So I, And you need to watch Freerun beyond Journey's End. I, I've watched parts of it, man. It's just, it's very slow burn and I need to be in the right mindset for that. So, oh, was the other one that, I was looking at, oh, Bang Braven, like that's just come out too. I'm really excited for that. Cause it's, it's, it's a mecha anime, like it's been a long time since we've had so many good mecha anime. So we've got that Metallic Rouge and Witch from Mercury, hopefully you'll come back for some more seasons too. So yeah, I'm keen for some more stuff this year, but I'm going to slot, I'm going to make special time to slot this into my rotation. That makes me happy. So, yeah,
0: I don't really need to ask you then if you're going to continue watching because, uh, yes, it's confirmed listeners that Benny will continue watching, but Mm -hmm. we're going to move into the last word presented by our friends over at Japan Crate. Experience Japan through snacks and knickknacks via monthly package drops courtesy of japancrate.com. And while you're there, be sure to use code 8BIT15 at checkout. Save yourself 15% and free shipping to anywhere on planet Earth. But Benny, what is your last word or words on Shangri-La Frontier? That's
1: what AAA gets you.
0: yes yes indeed i concur it is so fun it is so great it's one of my favorite new anime of 2023 and now i guess into 2024 with the second half of this first season rolling through available right now Mm -hmm. on crunchyroll benny is available on them socials at ben mcj and i am available on them socials at more than
1: senpai you changed it up (laughs) i know I, I I liked it. I saw I snuck that I saw that sneaky, you know, release and I was like, I like it. I like it. That's a good one. It's a good
0: yeah, one. I was I was toying with what the handle could be for a little while there and, and settled on that one. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. It it's I'm still feeling it out. It's like uh it's like new shoes. I'm wearing them in at the moment, see mm-hmm. if uh, see if they feel comfy or if I need to swap back out to an old familiar pair, but who knows? But, um, dude, thank you so much for joining me again here in the
1: Riverside studio. Appreciate you as always. Anytime, my friend. I'm I'm always excited to watch anime and talk anime. Hell freaking yeah. But
0: listeners, be sure to uh, check everything we're doing over at videogamesandculture.com. Check out the merch at shopapix.net and whether your anime be subbed, dubbed, or still yet to come. Enjoy yourself, stay hungry, and much love to all the gorgeous waifus out there. Goodbye. Stay thirsty.